everyone. Welcome to the regular exclusive podcast with Jace and Renee. And right off the bat, got to apologize to everyone. I know last week we said that we were um, going to talk about M. Night Shyamalan, you know, because mm-hmm. he had a movie coming out and we thought it was a good opportunity for us to just revisit. And then something happened. Yes, it did. The day after we recorded that, the day after our episode went out, something happened and we had to dramatically change course. Yeah. That's why later in later in the episode we're talking about Megan. I mean, we had the opportunity to just shift and talk about Megan now that it's on demand. You can watch it at home. And we were like, we gotta take this chance. There's no way we're gonna pass it up. Let's do it. Has there ever been a movie that just decided while it's still in theaters? Let's just release it. Let's just have people decide. Do you want to spend 20 bucks at the theater or do you want to spend 20 bucks at home? They do that nowadays. There's a lot of movies that are in theaters and like not as many of like same day premiere, but like at least after like 45 days, usually they go on to streaming as well. But not like right away. Yeah, this was like really quick. I feel like like two weeks. Yeah, it's just weird that it's still in theaters. Like you could go, you can decide right now, I'm going to go to the theaters here or I'm going to watch it at home. And it wasn't the same day Halloween ends kind of situation. It, yeah. It was just like, whoa. And you and I have both been wanting to see this movie. So when it happened, we were just like, okay, sorry, Shams. We got to We got to talk about Megan. I think he'll understand. Yeah. I mean, I think he also probably would enjoy Megan. I mean, who wouldn't? Honestly, I'm so glad we watched it. So. It's really, it's it's honoring the Shyamalan twist. Shyamalan twist, we don't talk about Shyamalan. Exactly. <laughs> well, before we get to the the great horror classic that is Megan, something else happened that we haven't gotten to talk about yet. It's the Oscar nominations came out. Yes, they did. And I feel like for the most part, it wasn't that surprising. Yeah, I agree. There was a couple surprises, but overall, like kind of what I expected. I mean, our movie, Everything Everywhere, nominated across the board. We're we're ready to sweep these awards. Let's do yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, four acting nominations, they could sweep if like Jamie Lee Curtis and Stephanie Sh- Stephanie Shu tie. Let's give it to both of them. Although <laughs> my edge is to Stephanie Shu. No offense, Jamie Lee, I love you. Oh, I'm so glad that Stephanie Shu got nominated. I was going to be real upset. That was the most exciting thing for me as like I was going through the nominations, I feel like. Yeah, that was exciting. I think the most surprised I was was seeing Sea Beast nominated for Best Animated. The movie's just delightful. And I was just so so delighted to see it up there. Yeah. It, I mean it, it it's it won't beat Pinocchio. Pinocchio is gonna win that award. That's a lock. As it should. But good for Sea Beast. It deserves to be in the running. I <laughs> thought it was also just delightful. <laughs> well, I wanted to talk just real quickly with you about some of the snubs. Now, you and I both have not seen every movie out there. So I know there's a lot of people who have a lot of thoughts on snubs, but I thought you and I could talk about our snubs. Speaking of Pinocchio, I think Pinocchio should have been up for Best Picture. I agree. I think it should have been up for at at least Top Gun Maverick over Top Gun Maverick. Like, Top Gun Maverick was a good movie, but, like, come on, people. As long as Tom Cruise wasn't nominated for Best Actor, I'm, like, a little bit more okay with it. Because I guess it is, like, you know, everyone in the world loved and saw that movie. So, like, 
nominating that and Avatar for Best Picture, like I get it. I don't like it, but like I get it. The the other I had two other movies that I thought were snubbed for Best Picture. I don't really know what order, but it's not our awards, it's not our job. So but I thought nope and the menu. Yep. Agreed. I think Nope should have been nominated. That one, honestly, I would have been fine with that being having more nominations than everything everywhere. I think especially the technical awards, it really should have been nominated. It was Mm -hmm. gorgeous. And it's also now my favorite movie. I just don't understand how they can ignore it. But whatever. Fuck the Academy. I'm sorry. (laughs) But like, come on, we talked about Get Out. You can't now too much. It's aliens. So it's like too close to like horror or something. I don't know. Yeah, weird. Uh, for best actor, again on the menu, I thought Ray Fiennes. He, Incredible. He should, he should have got a nomination. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the best actor is stacked this year, I guess. So, but he was he was amazing. Best actress, the obvious one is Mia Goth for Pearl. Yes, hundred percent. It's it's Tony Collette all over again. Mm-hmm. I know it's so fucked up and it's like Pearl isn't really even that much of a horror movie I would say it like has some horror elements but like very light on the horror compared mm-hmm. to like X and I just thought Mia Goth was incredible and just because like I mean come on back in the day Misery like that one uh, fucking yeah. Kathy Bates her first Oscar like they nominated uh, Sissy Spacek for Carrie it's like where the fuck is that energy why is it gone how have we regressed? Yeah, why? I mean, Tony Collette is like the biggest snub in the Oscars history, I think, at this point. But now they're just adding to it. They're just saying, fuck you. We don't care. <laughs> so, yeah. you know what? Let's just form our own horror academy. There we go. I thought for best visuals, I agree with you. I thought Nope definitely should have been nominated mm-hmm. for that. Best director, I thought Jordan Peele, of course. But also Matt Reeves. Like, the Batman. The Batman should have been nominated for a lot more. Specifically, I was bummed that it didn't even get a shout out in cinematography. That seems like a really huge oversight. Yeah. It was like nominated for best hair and makeup or something. Stupid. I mean, <laughs> I did love the fucking like goth makeup on Robert Pattinson. Like I know <laughs> we all did, but but yeah, and, and obviously, you know, Colin Farrell looked great, but but fucking cinematography did they not watch the goddamn movie i feel like most of the people who vote on these things probably don't watch every movie i've I've read some of those like anonymous ballots and it's so upsetting (laughs) to see how some people make their fucking choices well and i thought a lot of people thought that top gun should have been in for cinematography and i agree like cinematography in that was whatever they just fucking strapped those cameras in the planes (laughs) and then the pilots so the pilots should be nominated for cinematography true thank you maybe maybe i'm th- maybe that should be film editing whatever it is it should <laughs> I, I was happy though i don't think elvis made it into film editing so that made me no that i think made me it, happy i think it did and i was like oh it did fuck it's like i don't think this was edited <laughs> no it wasn't edited at all if anything it was edited to be longer that's bullshit i don't know if this would count as adapted but i thought the batman should have been in for adapted screenplay Hmm. agreed and then for original, nope. And I also thought the menu. Yeah. Again, I don't get what, what is wrong with people, but <laughs> then the the last two awards that I thought got snubbed, and I thought they got snubbed pretty hard. I mean, first one is production design. 
I don't think Avatar should count for production design. It's all visual effects. Yeah, it's it's, it's all green screen. It's going to win visual effects for sure. But I thought the Batman had incredible sets. Yeah. That they, that they were on. Nope had incredible sets out in the desert at night. Or sorry, during the day and then yeah. edited at night. Day for night, man. And then I thought production design and costume design. I thought Don't Worry Darling. Yeah, that that movie just got ignored for everything, apparently. <laughs> I mean, I just don't get it, but whatever. I mean, I know it's like this whole like, you know, fucking special little like inside club at the Oscars. But when I'm really championing good movies and I'm like, I see that they don't get any love. It just bothers me. If you're going to make this stupid contest, at least like do it right. <laughs> it just gets me irritated. It's OK. It's OK. We'll get through this because everything everywhere is going to win everything everywhere all at one award show that would actually make it shorter so maybe they should try it <laughs> all right well let's take a little break and then get into the ragdoll mayhem that is megan i designed megan to protect katie from feeling lonely she will recognize you as her primary user and when you do that you're gonna pair with her crazy it's insane right Right. So Megan or Mithrigan or Megan. Uh it's one of those. I don't know. Uh, it's definitely not Megan. <laughs> she says it's Megan. That's what they say the whole movie. Let's just stick with that. Just saying when you read it and you see the three, you're just like, what is this is this the third movie or are we pronouncing this weird? I'm curious what they will call the eventual third movie of this. Like what are they gonna call it? Like you can't do it. It's already in the t in the name. They should have just said Megan with like a one at the end. Now, what are they gonna call it? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe uh, Megan the third. Or they'll just put the S at the end. <laughs> Megan's. Yep, alien style baby <laughs> with the money sign through it. Yeah. This movie out of nowhere, as of right now, it is still in theaters, but out of nowhere, you could just buy it. And watch it at home. Which I did immediately. <laughs> when I was like, hey, so FYI, just bought Megan. Feel like this is going to change things. So we've been excited about seeing this movie. And I believe this is one of your top threes for this year, right? It was. This was my one of my most excited just because it looks crazy. It's from the creators of our favorite, Malignant. And, mm -hmm. you know. I love a good kind of Chucky homage. It's a lot more different. Yeah, I would say it's different than Chucky. Oh, it's de it's definitely different. It's Chucky in the sense that it's a toy. But when I was watching, I'm like, this is Chucky meets the Terminator. This is like, yeah, like this is what Chucky wishes he could be. Like Chucky is like really short and he's just a fucking like doll. Like this thing's like a fucking robot. <laughs> yeah. You know, like Megan, Megan could take out Chucky in one fell swoop. <laughs> yeah. So, so we are going since this movie is still very new. It's in theaters. It's killing at the, the at the box office, but literally, yeah. Just in case, we're gonna start with a non spoiler, and then we'll jump into spoiler. Yeah. So let's talk about the ending. <laughs> <laughs> so. I don't know, Ray, what was what was your kind of expectations or what were you thinking prior to watching this? I know we were both excited, but like what were you kind of expecting? And did it 
did your expectations meet or were they different? I would say I was definitely not expecting it to actually be like a really good movie. I mean, I, I mean, I guess I did. It, like, I love Malignant. And it's just so like hilarious. So I, mm-hmm. I figured it would be that tone the whole movie, but I feel like this movie's better than that, or not better than Malignant, but like it's more than that. Yeah, I guess right. So there's just a lot more to it that I did not expect, and it is still unbelievably just a really fun time that I was expecting. So it's just a bit more, yeah. but overall very satisfied. What about you? So I'm kind of I'm kind of in the same place. Since it's the same group um, that did Malignant, it's James Wan, and then uh, what's the what's the writer's Akila Cooper? Akila Cooper, love her. Since it's them, like I essentially was expecting Malignant. I was expecting to watch this movie, it not take itself seriously. There wasn't really going to be like any underlying message. It was just like we're just here for a good time, and this movie actually totally surprised me with how much it had to say yeah really shocking there it was like a really thought out idea they're like hey we're gonna do this thing it almost reminded me of like a black black mirror episode like it was like our relationship with technology and ai and parenting and i just didn't expect that much actual like you know i don't thought or malignant has a lot of thought into it but like i don't i just didn't expect that much like intentionality of like a real world thing that they were trying to speak to totally i just thought i was here for a good time no matter what and like silly and you know whatever i was just again i think we just as much as we love malignant we're like that one just doesn't it's just on all a joke right everything about it is a joke right so this one i was just shocked that there was actually other things underlying the hilarious parts with megan (laughs) yeah it's definitely hilarious hilarious for sure they're definitely in on the joke which i think is why it works so well but they also have surprising moments of like really really like emotional scenes and characters like i actually really enjoyed both of like both of the characters all of them really i thought that they were all great Mm -hmm. you know i think violet mcgraw and allison williams were both really good. I've seen them in other stuff, obviously loved them there, but they really were like the anchors of the movie besides obviously Megan. (laughs) And I had a lot of feelings for them in their relationship. I was surprised that it was making such valid points and like deep insights about (laughs) our relationship to technology as like a parent. It was funny to me because like when I watched Malignant, I'm like, I don't know who to recommend this to because I don't know if anyone else in my immediate sphere of friends, like if this is a movie that they would get, that they would love, they would enjoy as much as I do. And I was like, I'm okay with it. This is my thing. Watching this movie, because it has so much to say about such a relevant topic. I'm like, I want to tell every parent that I know about this movie. Yeah. And I still don't know if, if like, I don't think anyone in my family, for example, this is not a movie that they're like, oh, Megan, let's watch this. Like, But like, I think every parent, this would resonate the what it's saying. I think it would resonate with them on some level. They still might not like the movie, but it, it has something interesting to say. It has a lot of interesting <laughs> things to say. And the fact that like, like the fact that it was PG-13, I think, is like a reason why it's doing so well. First off, because I don't know if you know, but they like reshot 
a lot of the stuff, like the kills, especially after the trailer released and like the TikTok shit went crazy. Mm -hmm. This movie has just been all over the place. Like it went viral. Like people are loving Megan before it even came out. So then they're like, okay, well, we should really play into the teen audience then because like they're going to be like they want to see it, too. So that's why they made it PG-13. But also like that wasn't a total deal breaker for me. I'm totally fine with that. Uh, did that bother you at all, though? I was wondering. No, I was actually expecting it to bother me more. But I thought it actually was a really, really well done, like, PG-13 movie. It almost, like, isn't a horror movie. No, but they do have, like, good creepy moments. Yeah, like, the last 15 minutes are a horror movie. Yeah. But, like, most of it is is not. And... When, yeah, like, it blew up on TikTok, just the Megan dancing scene alone. I mean, rightfully so. She's amazing. And that scene did, I will say, non-spoiler, but we've all seen it in the trailer. That scene lives up to the hype. It's even better than I dreamed it would be. (laughs) It's so good. The music choice especially. Megan? What are you doing? I just love The whole movie is great. But, yeah, the last, like, third or like half of it is really a lot more where the horror kicks in Mm -hmm. i mean when she runs in the forest too like we saw that in the trailer yeah that's some freaky ass shit (laughs) yeah like all the horror stuff happens in the trailer it's great it was the funny thing when i was watching it um so sarah was watching it with me and so she she thought like it's a horror movie and the movie starts and she's like i'm already scared i'm like babe that's just the blumhouse title card like Hasn't even started yet. Calm down. <laughs> Nolan said the same thing. He's like, oh, cool. And Blumhouse, I have a creepy logo. I was like, wow. <laughs> Somebody's scared. I mean, it is creepy. I'll give them that. But it's like, what else would they be? Like, it's fucking, they only do horror movies, basically. So, like, what their logo should be horrifying. That was scarier than the rest of the movie, I will say. <laughs> yeah, this is probably the least horror centric Blumhouse movie. Yeah, I would say so. It's just a it's just a good time. It's great. It's a good time while also you learn a little something, which isn't that the best when you secretly learn something at, while you're having a good time. That's that's the best. Unconsensual learning. It's the yeah. best way to go. All right, we get, we got to stop trying to tiptoe around it. We're going to get into spoilers. What the hell is that? You should probably run. All right, so the first thing that I wanted to kind of bring up because it's been a pretty common topic with with Megan is a lot of people were expecting it to suck because it came out in January. Did you hear that? Well, I think especially like most horror movies that have come out around then, I guess it's like kind of a dumping ground for like if they're not very good. But then now it just seems like they're coming out all the time. So I don't really know. So I did a little bit of research and looked at some movies that have come out in January over the, you know, over the years. And it's actually interesting. I mean, there's definitely a lot of bad stuff that pops up, but there's also some like real bangers. Like it it seems like there's at least one movie each year that is actually like a real solid movie. There's actually a surprising number of like Oscar movies that pop up in January. Also like this year we have uh, women talking like that came out this in January and it's it's you know nominated but like some of the other movies that have popped up in January through the years I mean last year for example was Scream that was a January movie oh I thought it was February yeah it was January wow, so good 
because yeah, the next scream is coming out in March. Mm-hmm. So, but also the some of these were surprising. Taken, that was a really? January movie. Cloverfield, mm. also a January movie. In 2016, we had an Oscar movie and a great Quentin Tarantino movie, The Hateful Eight. And then we had The Revenant, a uh, cult classic movie, Count of Monte Cristo. I don't think I've ever seen that. The Jim Caviezel Guy Pierce? No. Oh, it is great. It did terrible at the box office, but it is a cult classic. They've they probably there's been some that have done well, right? Obviously. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think a lot of this stuff is talking more so about the late 2000s, you know, the last decade or so cuz Christo was 2002, but you should definitely watch it. It's awesome. It's the best thing that Jesus ever did. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that fucker was Jesus. <laughs> but then it surprised me how many Oscar movies have popped up over the years in January. Like The Revenant, 1917, Zero Dark Thirty, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Goodwill Hunting. Wow. And I was like, man, all the trash in January really discourages people from finding the gold. Yeah, it does. <laughs> It must be that there's just it far outweighs it, but we have gotten some gems. I'm not surprised. There's definitely like, there's been movies that they just come out when there's nothing else to come out, and then they're like the best thing ever. What well, and me and Megan is like, don't call her Megan. <laughs> it's fucking Megan. Mathregan. No, uh, if they say it literally a thousand <laughs> times, Chase. It is Megan, and if you start with the Mathregan shit, I'll lose it. Megan, Model Three generative Android. Megan, for short. So Megan, though, is like, they. it's almost like they've taken the ultimate January challenge. They're like, we're going to come out in January. We're going to come out in the first week of January. Also, we're a horror movie. We're going to be a PG-13 release. So we're just going to piss everyone off and have no one believe that this can be real. And then it just crushed. I mean, honestly, the PG-13 didn't bother me. I think there's a lot of great PG-13 horror movies. It's, I'm not like, oh, I love gore. I need it. Like, I don't care. However, having said that, I would definitely watch the R-rated uncut <laughs> version, which, like, everyone's been like, I fucking hope that they release that when it's, like, online or streaming or... I, prior to this coming out just knowing who made it i'm like there this has to be a rated r movie that they trim down and then watching it i'm like there's definitely gonna be an unrated version yeah you know and i agree with you i don't think it's gonna actually like really change the the main experience of the movie it's gonna make it a little bit more enjoyable for us weirdos that like rated r you know gore fest I mean, they have one fuck to use and they use it well with the, the fucking Brandon kid when he, his mom's like, are you OK? Do you need your jacket? He's like, fuck off, Holly. <laughs> that was wonderful. That was great. I'm I'm all for like in a PG-13. That's the one thing that I I always remember to look for is how well they use that one fuck because you only get one and like yeah. you got to really, really use it at the right moment. I, I felt like they did. That was pretty good. Yeah, I mean. This was a great, like a great adaption from an R to a PG thirteen. Like they kept all the right stuff, and then they cut out the stuff that that our imaginations can run away with. Like it didn't bother me at all that this was PG thirteen. No, I mean they literally show Megan ripping a fucking kid's ear off, which I was all for. <laughs> that kid also 
they made him out to be like the worst fucking kid, you know, like because they're like, we're going to kill a kid. We better make this kid the worst fucking kid ever. The the part <laughs> that part of the movie when he when that happens, me and Sarah were watching. We're like, is he going to rape the doll? Dude, I thought he was about to. He takes off her fucking shoe and then he like mounts her. And I was like, oh, he's definitely going to like like sexually assault the robot. I don't know if that's possible, but I I think he's going to. Well, and now I'm like, if there is an unrated version, does that scene go further? Like I that's mean, a, that's a child actor. <laughs> like is this Yeah, they might use a body double for that part. <laughs> but also, it's like he's fucking what, a robot? There's probably nowhere he can slip his dick into, and if he does, I'm sure he would wish that he didn't after he did finally put it in there. It probably wouldn't be nice. You you don't think that uh that Gemma was no was that thorough in the design? I don't think she made her like a silicone vagina. I think it's like definitely not existent. Like, are you telling me that you think this thing like shits and pees too? I I don't know. I mean the the perpetual pet Pets. or whatever it did shit and I don't know if it peed, but it shit. Yeah, who would want a fucking doll that shits though? That's the one <laughs> thing I was wondering. I mean, I know those were basically like Furbies. Didn't didn't Tamagotchi's shit? Yeah, but that's like a digital shit. It's not like a thing that like squ like squirts out <laughs> shit, like an actual like Furby toy. Which I did have a Furby. Did you ever have a Furby? Those are um, popular when we were growing up. I remember Furbies. I mean, I'm pretty sure they inspired Gremlins or Gremlins inspired Furbies. But I had a Furby, and I did the thing where if you took a TV remote and you put it against. The like crystal thing, you could make it like glitch out and like freak so out by pushing shorted buttons. Shorted it out. Yeah, I so I abused Furbies. I, I yeah. mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't think a lot of Furbies lasted long in any case because, like, I know I had one and then it like started waking up in the middle of the night and like talking <laughs> and making all this noise. And one night, my dad finally had just like had it and he like took it out to the garage and beat it to death with a fucking hammer. So. That was the uh, end of my Furby. <laughs> that that's an episode we need to do. We need to interview dads no. that have all uh, that have all destroyed Furbies. Because I bet I bet there's a large population of of dads that are like, I hate Furbies. I've killed at least one. <laughs> I mean, maybe this is like James Wan came up with the story of this movie, so maybe he like had his dad destroy his Furby when he was a kid, <laughs> and he really hasn't gotten over it. And that is why he made this movie. Because I was like, it makes sense. They're definitely going to have to kill it at the end. That's what happened to every toy I ever had. I'm sure my dad killed my Tamagotchi, too. Because I never remember to feed those things. Like, I, I, a kid, it's a lot of responsibility if they're pooping. And uh, I, I was never into the Tamagotchi thing. I know, I know Sarah is. Uh, I'm pretty sure Sarah and her sisters all have some underlying hatred of each other that revolves around Tamagotchis. But... Oh, I'm sure, yeah. It really tears <laughs> family. I mean, clearly, all these toys, like, they, they tear families apart. I think this movie was pretty spot on with that. I mean, although I feel like, would you want a Megan if you were a kid? I was wondering, like, I feel like I probably would, but it would make me a horrible, fucked up person, for sure. So I think the one thing this movie did not really touch on, maybe it'll get into it with the sequels because the toy was never actually launched and go live. I don't know how Megan works with young boys. Not like, I'm not saying the boys would do the other kid thing and like try to rape it, but like. I'm sure that most of them would try to fuck it. 
Well, no, like if they're the girl's age, like they're not even going through puberty yet. Like they don't have those urges. But maybe there's a boy version. Morgan. Yeah. Morgan, the boy version. That has to be at least in the third movie is where they introduce Definitely. Morgan. And then he's got, well, I guess he had a three in his name. You got to you got to add it somewhere. It, it won't be a three. It'll be the zero. The mm, O will yeah. be a zero. The, it's we're going back because it's the third movie. We're going back to the original. We're gonna learn <laughs> something new that affects the storyline. It's the rules. But I mean, I don't know if I'm, I'm sure Megan could keep up with at least you know the traditional boys wanting to destroy stuff. Like Megan, she learns and adapts, so maybe it'd be awesome. I mean, she just does whatever you want, your user. Once puberty hits, then it's a problem. Yeah, well, you just can't give her a vagina. Just don't <laughs> install one. There's no need for it. I <laughs> doubt that it was involved already. But yeah, maybe there's just an option to make a male version and you can, anyone can choose whatever they want. They had different like skin colors and hair colors and all that different stuff. So You know who we need to ask, because neither of us apply, is only childs. Hmm. Nolan's an only child. Because you had you had a younger sister. And an older sister. And an older sister. So, like, you had essentially a, Ma- a Megan around all the time. That's true. You would fight with them, but I don't know. Maybe this movie, the situation is an only child, and also her parents die. But also, she's more of, like, she's more than a sibling. She's, like, a parent and a sibling and a best friend, all wrapped up into one. Are you talking about Megan? Yeah, not my sisters. Well, yeah, well, she, well, she, yeah, Megan becomes that, but like as a, if we're talking about as a toy, like, I mean, yeah, whatever. I would probably be best friends with it, and I would love it. I'd probably have the best time ever. But then it's like, I'm sure that if your only friend is a fucking robot, you're gonna have some fucked up shit in your life. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm positive. But I didn't expect this movie to get into all that. I thought it was just going to be like, oh, the girl, like she's like bonds with Megan, but it wasn't going to be anything about the parenting. And like why when she really needs somebody, you're like handing her over to this robot. And that's why she's forming a motherly bond with that thing instead of Allison Williams, because she's like, you know, Megan can take care of all that shit. So you can focus on what matters most. And it's like she's working. Yeah. Totally. And that was the thing that really surprised me was where they took this idea of the toy. Cause like I was expecting malignant style, just insanity. And I was also like thinking Chucky, you know, like Chucky is Chucky is, you know, they, they buy a toy, but then the toy gets possessed by a serial killer, you know, like <laughs> it's not the same thing. No, but like when, when they had that whole, when they had the opening scene with the toy commercial and then the girl having the toy and her playing on the iPad that's connected to the toy. I immediately just started thinking of, of kids and like parents and like talking to their kids, like, here's the iPad, here's whatever. And, and like, you know, it can just be like, they spend a ton of time on that. And then they took that frame of thinking and just like seamlessly transitioned it to Megan to mm-hmm. a toy of like so it's being like not a screen technically she's a real person looks like it yeah she's in the real world but it's still the same thing yeah because people like say like you know there's the screen addiction there's emotional connection to the things that you watch mm-hmm. and then yeah like they again seamlessly transitioned that emotional connection and 
addiction to this life-sized little girl toy. It's again, I think it's just we're also creating things we don't understand. Yeah. Still, and like that's like it's cool that we could do these things. I mean, it it kind of goes back to Jurassic Park where it's like, <laughs> you know, your scientists didn't ask themselves if they should do it. It was just they can do it, so why not? Like it wasn't like, but should we, right? Should we make a fucking robot that can learn and teach itself and be like I mean, they they had to know just having her learn everything all the time. That thing's going to be unstoppable. Really, Megan is actually a prequel to Westworld. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I mean, she's already sentient, I think. I mean, we're going to take this stuff, we're going to put it into an adult, and then people are going to fuck that. <laughs> I mean, when she talks, like, it's like, oh shit. And is it just me, or does Megan like look and sound a lot like Allison Williams? Like, I was like, I felt like that was on purpose a little bit, where they kind of reminded me of each other. Because obviously, she learned everything from her, anyways. I thought it looked like Gollum with those big eyes. Oh, I mean, I but thought she was kind of cute, honestly. And her outfit's pretty, pretty hot awesome. Gollum. Hot Gollum. I mean, <laughs> she's just an icon already. I think I love her kill styles. I love I love everything about her. I think she's she's just, we needed her and she showed up. <laughs> she did. And, like, she did so well as being the villain but then also being this really emotional and like super important character when she makes katie like when she's crying about her parents and she like helps her feel a lot better and records the memory it was like shit fucking megan making me feel shit anytime you want to tell me something special about your parents something funny or sad or anything at all you just tell me and i'll keep it safe and we can listen to it whenever we want. I was sold on that scene. I'm like, I was the b- people, I was the boardroom people. I'm just like clapping. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, this is amazing. Yes. <laughs> but then I'm also like, when uh, Allison Williams' friend like brought up the issue of like, well, basically you're just replacing the parents. It's not mm-hmm. supporting them. I was like, that's a good point because at yeah. first you're like, wow, she really can take all the like shit things that you don't want to do, which is like, you know, being kind of basically what a parent is mm-hmm. and she just takes over then it's like what are you doing to the kid what are you doing with the kid where's the relationship and like even the psychologist like bringing up like she's probably forming that attachment now to the robot <laughs> and you're like oh god this is not gonna be good and it's like i don't know i just felt like i loved all of that stuff i was so surprised that it actually had anything to say and had some emotion behind it like i thought Allison Williams and Violet McGraw were so good. Why did you do this if you were just going to take her away from me? Because I thought she would help. She does help. When Megan's around, I don't feel like this. But you should feel like this. Katie, you lost your parents. I thought Allison Williams, I I thought she was fine. Um, I actually really liked Violet McGraw. I thought she was great. You didn't think Allison Williams was great? You're saying she was fine? I thought she was really good. I thought she was she was good. She was fine. I thought Violet McGraw was way better. She's just great. I mean, you know, I you remember her from like Haunting of Hill House and she's just so good. I think she's super talented. Yeah, I mean, she's she's a great young actress that like she's on the way she, up. She's going to do good things that just as she continues to age and get older, like 
we're getting her we're getting her now it's gonna be awesome her sister uh, do you know who her older sister is no the girl madeline mcgraw from the black phone the sister in that that's her older sister interesting that is some some shoes to fill because she's awesome in black phone (laughs) i know a talented family but i i enjoyed allison williams i think she's great she was she was playing what she needed to do and i think she did it well and even like i didn't hate her i think i just associate her as marnie from girls so i still always don't trust her (laughs) never trust her but she earned my trust i thought she was really good yeah she was good at like she was really good at being the person who you questioned whether or not like could be a mother and that's kind of a big part of this movie. And even like they have the so they have the therapist who's kind of playing like a social worker role of like, are you fit to be a mother? I mean, I feel like that woman was kind of a bitch though. <laughs> so I was like, I mean, calm down. I feel like she was treating Allison Williams like she was like a reformed serial killer at first. And I was like, I mean, I know she's not great, but like relax. Like, yeah. Jesus. I don't know. It just seemed a little bit much. Like she was really sus for no reason. <laughs> well, I think the breakout though is is Megan. And that that is a combination of how they did the voice acting and like how they intentionally like digitized the voice to make it sound not human and like for like us auto-tuned. Yeah, like <laughs> be like oh this is weird this is obviously a robot, but then also even just like the movements how they switched from like a puppet to the close-up shots to the actors and the wide shots and i don't it was so effective to me totally made a big difference i love it practical and the fact that that girl can run like that that is fucked up oh what's her name uh so there's two people so um ami a-m-i-e amy mm-hmm. amy donald and jenna davis is the voice so amy donald is the is the 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 physical the actor saying that she runs like that on all fours that was fucking horrifying yeah funny thing about that i actually saw a, a little trivia thing so you know the um the robo dog mm-hmm. so scientists and like robots have not figured out how to replicate running on two legs like the physics hmm. of it just haven't been figured out yet and so they figured out running on four legs it's they were like that's why megan when she actually runs she goes on all four legs is because they have I mean, <laughs> but yeah it was so effective <laughs> it was very i thought it was like that damn they're like that looks fucking <laughs> freaky as fuck that's like the grudge kind of thing with like the kid coming down the stairs or even the exorcist i mean when you do some sort of like all fours walk, you know it's gonna work. <laughs> well, and as a big fan of Planet of the De- Planet of the Apes, I was all here for the four legged running. It was awesome. That's true. <laughs> um, a little bit different, but yeah, yeah, a little bit. But like, also like the way that they did her face and facial expressions, like all of her expressions were almost like half expressions, like they weren't full. But the way that they would cut to like Allison Williams saying something and then just her just like turning her head. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I feel like I felt every emotion 
without Megan actually having to like say anything or even like move her face very much, but just the little movements and how they edited it. I thought it was, it was so good. Sounds like someone's coming around uh, to my side of the mask debate. They're like, wow, you can really perform without saying anything. Uh, well, notice what I said, the editing. <laughs> Still the fact that the performance is also like the majority of what you're talking about. Uh, and I've also acknowledged that there's two different people. All right, one of them Jace. actually talks. So you're bringing this back up, but um... I just forgot. <laughs> I just, just fucking never, never remind you of anything. You're never gonna come to your senses. Fine, just move on. But yeah, like I, I thought this movie was incredibly well written. Hmm. Yes using what they do and the characters and the limitations, like you have a toy as like a main, you know, antagonist. Like how do you, you compare like Heath Ledger as the Joker, like very expressive antagonist. Like it's hard to have like this very not animated figure be an antagonist. And they, they totally crushed it. And I, I think that is all the writing and the directing. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, I haven't actually seen the director's like movie that he did before this, but I know he's from New Zealand, and it, I think his previous movie is called Housebound. Mm-hmm. I think it's on Shutter, so I definitely need to watch it. They picked him because they loved his like they thought he had the perfect balance for horror comedy, and obviously Akila Cooper, who we've mentioned, is the writer, and she also wrote Malignant, and I just fucking I think she's just amazing, and her next movie is a Stephen King adaptation. So I'm even more excited about it because she's adapting one of my favorite of his short stories, The Boogeyman. And she's co-writing it with the writers of A Quiet Place, Scott Beck Ooh. and Brian Woods. Ooh. Yeah. That's uh, that's going to be really good. And that movie was supposed to debut on streaming and it's getting the smile thing where it tested so well that they're releasing it in theaters. Oh, nice. Yeah, and I believe... By the time we post this episode, I believe the trailer will be out. So I hope you're all as excited as I am. Because <laughs> after Malignant and Megan, I just am so excited to see whatever Akila Cooper does next. She's incredible. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Between this and Malignant, James Wan definitely has a hard on for Seattle. <laughs> like, don't you think? Totally. We when we were watching it, there was something they said. But Sarah was like, wait, does this movie take place in Seattle? And then she like looked it up. She's like, yeah, it does. It was, what a weird <laughs> choice. Very weird, but I love it. I mean, this and Malignant. I think they're a bit more obvious about it, Malignant. But yeah. this one, I was like, oh, shit. I mean, they mentioned that they're in Oregon in the first scene with the car crash and the parents dying. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, okay. So we're close. And then I didn't realize until I rewatched it that it's fucking Seattle. And I was like, man, this guy... He gets a boner every time he thinks about Seattle, which I love to see. That's our city. I think what what we need is we need James Wan to remake The Ring. God, no, that's enough. <laughs> We've seen The Ring. That's enough. Although another good PG thirteen horror movie. Uh-huh. I'm telling you, touche. Way to bring it all connects, Chase. But <laughs> but yeah, we can now get into the ending because I did want to talk to you about the ending. So the ending. I mean, first off. I knew as soon as they introduced that other robot, I'm like, this is going to come in later on. 
I didn't even think about that. I just thought it was really cool. I loved Bruce. I got swept up in the emotions. I was like, Bruce is pretty fucking cool. But I didn't even think about it. They show, and I love when movies do that because they always do. (laughs) Well, it's almost like it's almost like you know, like you're. I'm trained at this point that it's like if they show if they bring up something early on that's supposed to be like, oh, this is really important. Chekhov's gun. It's probably yeah. It's probably gonna come come back. Um. I didn't expect that with the motherboard thing or whatever the fuck her brain is called, which both of those come back because Bruce doesn't eventually doesn't. He rips Megan in half, <laughs> but he doesn't kill her because her brain's in her Wait, fucking head. You're you're saying when when Allison Williams is explaining all yeah. the parts and she's like, she, this is the brain. Mm-hmm. You didn't think that was going to come into play I mean, later. I figured that they were going to go for it, but then when Bruce showed up, I was like, oh, she's going to fucking just get destroyed by Bruce. And then when Bruce didn't kill her, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, there. when he ripped her in half, I'm like, come on, guys. We all know where the brain is. <laughs> Plus, I think, like, the ending, obviously, when we get right down to it after they get the screwdriver in her fucking brain and fryer, that when they leave the little Elsie thing, yep. like, her smart home device, like, turns and looks at them. Yeah. So it's like, no shit, she was already using that thing before. Yeah, she, she was wireless. She was yeah. hacking stuff over the internet the whole movie. I mean, getting into she the car. She learned it got better. Yeah, she she was doing it with literally everything. She was walking by the alarm, and it's like, oh, done. All systems good. Like, she just, it was obvious. I was like, I knew that. But then, I guess the one thing I was wondering if you caught, and, like, this might be why I was thinking, here's the pitch for the sequel, is because... In addition to her, like, having uploaded her consciousness or whatever, the, like, assistant guy to David, the CEO, he yeah. was, like, stealing all their information. The guy who was, who was Pornhubbin. Pornhubbin. The Pornhub <laughs> guy. He was uh, selling their info and shit. And, like, obviously Megan killed, kills them. But I'm sure because it showed him steal the Megan shit that, like, he stole that info and sent it out. So, like, another company probably will be making a billion Megans. So my pitch for the sequel is that they need Megan on their side. So then Megan teams up with Allison Williams and uh, with little Katie and they got to take on the army of Megan's. Oh, oh, okay. So you're saying they bring back the original Megan. We'll call her Megan prime, the original prime. Mm -hmm. And then there's an army of evil Megan's of, of lesser yeah, they're like fucked up, but they're like they're even something's wrong with them, obviously, because they're like knockoffs, right? Yeah. For way cheaper. But then by the end of the movie, Megan will turn to the dark side, if you will, and she will join with the fucking army of Megan's, and then that will be the third movie. I'm setting up a trilogy here. You're you're almost describing like the planet of the apes, but with with Megan. <laughs> I think you're just thinking of the Planet of the Apes a lot, man. I don't know. I've I I know you watched them recently. They're they're fucking great. Uh, I know they're but... great. I don't know if I'm pitching the Planet of the Apes. I was just thinking that like there's definitely going to be some more of those fucking Megans. I'm right? just saying I'm I'm here for it, even if it is just ripping off Planet of the Apes. I'm Whatever it. it is, maybe like the kids who are like only able to see a PG-13 by the time we get a sequel, maybe it'll be rated R because they're they'll be old enough. I don't know. Yeah, that that's the interesting thing. Will they will they be able to keep a PG thirteen? So m- I'm kind of with you on where I see the third one, or sorry, the second one going. <laughs> We're just jumping to the third one because the fucking three is already in the name. We already know the third one involves Morgan. I do like the Morgan. They, bit. they yeah. gotta bring they gotta bring another one in. 
The male um, rob- robot is obviously, maybe that's what it is. The other company makes male robots, and then Megan's like, girl, power. Ooh. We're going to take on the male robots. But then she's like, you know what? Fuck these bitches. I'm taking the male <laughs> robots, and I'm going to make them better. And she like updates their AI system. Oh man, Blumhouse needs to reach out to us for this for this trilogy. Like we're we're really laying it on. I'm imagining the sequel is gonna be kind of like World War Z, you know, Dawn of the Dead, like zombies, but instead it's 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 Megan's. Yep, society's crumbling. They're dumb and stupid. I don't know if Megan Prime is gonna come back, but like I'm just imagining I'm just imagining a zombie movie, but with Megan's. Dumb TikToking dancing mate. I mean, that's the, that's the easy route. But what about now? Here's this. I'm going in a new direction here. Oh, uh, lay it on me. One of my favorite movies growing up was the Disney Channel original movie Smart House. <laughs> Do you remember that movie? Did you ever watch it? No. Oh, I didn't, my God. I didn't watch any of the Disney okay. original movies. This is a normal conversation between me and Sarah. She loves them. So she knows you're talking to Sarah. That's who you're talking to. They're on Disney Plus, Jace. You might want to go back and watch them because they're all bangers. But this one specifically was great because the mom has died. And so the dad, they win. The kid signs them up for this contest and they win the smart house. And like it's a female persona. And then she takes on basically being the mother. But it's like she cooks them everything. And she, it's a smart, really cool house. And she does all this cool shit. But then she gets like too powerful and thinking that she's really their mother. And it's this whole thing. And so it's like, I'm just saying horror movie in a house. It's like smart house, but the horror version with Megan as the smart house. Oh, maybe this, maybe these two characters, they're like, Alice Williams, like, let's get the fuck out of Dodge. And then somebody else moves into the house. (laughs) I don't know. Could be. You know, we also have to remember who the creators of this are. They also made malignant. They could go totally left field they could do a time jump where in the future the copy Megans have taken over and they're they're raising children and the only people left because they killed all the parents because the parents are useless, but Megans are not programmed for grandparents. Mm. And so maybe there's a resistance of elderly grandparents eh. that are fighting back and they're like no. You're teaching our kids the wrong values. <laughs> no, the grandparents. Are you kidding? Megan taking on. She could take on an army of grandparents by herself. They'd all be dead <laughs> just from the stress of the situation. These are the copy Megans. They're no. the cheap $50 ones. No, even still. Old people <laughs> are useless. No offense. <laughs> I love them, but they are useless, especially in a fight, especially in a fight. Are you kidding? They're like, if you touch them wrong, their hip's going to break. Megan would be indestructible. She's like, she's literally titanium as she sings randomly in this movie. (laughs) The singing is pretty great. It really caught me by surprise every time she did it. And it made me uncomfortable, but also like it was perfect. Shoot me down, but I won't fall. I am titanium. (laughs) I I loved at the end when... Allison Williams comes in and she's playing Toy Soldier on the piano. Yeah. I just started hearing the Eminem rapping over that <laughs> over that song. It was uh it was pretty great. But yeah, I think I think and I'm glad that we're both agreed. Yeah, there's definitely there's a lot of options for the sequel that they could do. I almost thought you were about to say like Gabriel versus Megan, which that might be the ultimate movie. 
I mean, I don't think there's a crossover. But who do you think would win? Are you kidding me? Wait, are I they, don't know. Are they both Warner Brothers? No, but James Wan might own it, and now he's like making his own company with with Jason Blum. So that's true. Who knows? I don't know. But hear me out. Gabriel can control electronics, so fight over. We don't know how much control he actually has. He can make lights flicker. Nice. I guess Megan can too. Maybe it'd be an even fight. They're both acrobatic. Although I like Megan's style. She's always posing for the cameras that aren't there as she kills people. <laughs> I really respect that. I don't know. Megan lives in the cloud. I don't think Gabriel can compete with that. I think he can. I think he could control the ca- the crowd. I mean, the cloud. <laughs> what if Gabriel becomes Morgan? Ooh, here we go. There we go. I'm saying those two wacky movies, let's throw them together. See, they did Alien versus Predator. This is not as absurd (laughs) as that. Hey, the first one's a banger, but the 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 second one sucks. But I don't know. All I know is James Wan. Other than the first Aquaman movie, he keeps doing the right thing. Even though even the first Aquaman movie made a billion dollars, so like Aquaman is the reason that we have Malignant and now Megan. So <laughs> I I I think I retroactively appreciate that movie. All right, Megan is the the surprise, the gift that we didn't know we needed, and boy, was it fun! Very fun. And now I can't wait until the sequel. You know, in two years or whatever Megan it's going to come. 2.0. We didn't guess that when we were trying to figure out what the hell the title was going to be. I was just so too focused on Morgan. Yeah. I do kind of like Morgan, though. I think we need to figure out what happens when there's a boy version. I bet it's way more fucked up than Megan. Yeah. Then they're going to end up having a final battle, like Jason versus Freddy or Godzilla versus Kong. It's going to be oh, epic. Right. Let's not get, we don't need to go down that road. But yeah, we should, like, they should really contact us about the sequel and the inevitable third one. Because I think Morgan's a great idea. Except there was already a movie that came out called Morgan a couple years ago with Anya Taylor Joy that was fine. I've never heard of that. <laughs> I don't think anyone would know about that. Well, anyways. <laughs> Next week, um, we have another surprise that we weren't expecting. Um, One of our favorite movies, Swiss Army Man. It's not a new movie, but it's a movie that not many people saw. And it just came to HBO Max. It's out right now. And we're releasing this mainly because... If you love everything, everywhere, all at once, which we know you do, because we see how many, how many of you, you people have listened to it, so we know you love it. Who doesn't? You have to see Swiss Army Man. It is the movie. It is the precursor mm-hmm. to everything, everywhere, all at once, where Daniels really just show us who they are in the weirdest possible way. Oh, and it's just so great. Let me just say, like I. I didn't know what to expect after everything everywhere because I did see that first. Like, I'm sure probably most people who weren't aware of Swiss Army Man, all I knew was it was the Daniel Radcliffe farting movie, farting corpse movie. And while it is that, I will confirm, it's really, it's got the same kind of vibe where it's wacky, but it's also emotional and really sweet. So it's just a good time. I think it'll be a good, a good one. But uh, I do know we've had this episode kind of banked for a while. Yeah, we'll we'll explain it more in the episode itself. But yeah, it's an interesting story of 
of this getting posted now. But yeah, it's got Daniel Radcliffe and Paul Dano. It's it's awesome. Yeah, it's a little episode that could. You know, we never thought there'd be a fucking use for Swiss Army Man, but look at that. It's it's coming in use already. There we go. Well, in the meantime, do all the social media things. Find us in all the places. You know, we have some YouTube stuff that's going to be coming out here pretty soon in preparation for Scream 6. Ooh, yeah. We're going to be we're going to be going through all the Scream movies. We're going to be screaming nonstop. <laughs> screaming and stabbing. It's going to be a good time. But uh yeah. Have a great week and we will see you next time on the regular exclusive podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe. We out here.